Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. My name is Aaron. My, my name is Jenny. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know if we were supposed to, you didn't tell us what no, to no. do. Yeah. What have you, yeah, you've been on the show 15 times. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at this point, then you guys introduce yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought you were going to go first because you're the alpha. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yes, uh-huh. I'm the alpha of Clash of the Titans. And over here is the beta who doesn't yes. deserve to introduce herself. My name is John Podcast Guest. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yes, John Podcast John Guest. Podcast guest. Okay, oh, That's good. Ryan and that's Jenny. Fine. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This week is The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension from 1984, directed by W.D. Richter, written by Earl MacRock. What? MacRock? It's like McDuck, but it's MacRock. Starring Peter Weller, John Lithgow, Ellen Barkin, Jeff Goldblum, Christopher Lloyd, blah, 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 uh, and uh, Vincent Chiavelli. Uh, so before we go into this, uh, I'm going to spring this on you guys because it has nothing to do with you, by the way. Uh, Jenny, Ryan, hmm. yeah. I'm so glad to have you guys back. Yeah. We're glad to be back, and I can speak for the beta. <laughs> he usually does. <laughs> oh. Hey, guys. Oh, We're glad to have you back. Yeah. I had a name last month, but I was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's been zero days since you lost me. <laughs> yeah. No pizza party. Oh. Yeah, this is a sad episode. It really is. Yeah, no, thanks for having us. It's always fun to be on. It is. Yeah. And you picked the good movies, so I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Why did you pick this one? Um well it's Maybe my favorite movie of all movies. Oh, wow. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I I feel uncomfortable making such a bold statement, but yeah, tentatively, yes. Um, and I suggested You're it for the first good. time we were on, and you were like, well, we've done so many 80s movies uh, in the past few so episodes. So let's do Big we Trouble on. in Little China. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think you also said that you were saving a, a great like Buckaroo Banzai for your last episode. So I assume this is that. That's oh, correct. Yes. Oh, no. That was oh. the announcement. Truth, truth is coming out. 
No, not really. This is the <gasps> last you. episode that Ryan's going to be on. Jenny, you're invited. Oh, <laughs> oh hey. I'm Kelvin now. <laughs> I I love this movie also. I mean that's that's the like I have unbridled love for this. Uh did you see it when you were younger? Um I'm not sure. I think I must have been at least a teenager um uh, when I got around to seeing it, but I my dad saw it in theaters, I'm pretty sure. Uh I think saw it a couple times in theaters and was uh it was a big influence on him. Um, my parents have called me and my brother monkey boys our whole lives. <laughs> we share similar traits, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are our dads the same guy? No, my. Oh, oh, no. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Huh. Hey, Aaron, I've never seen his dad and your dad. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> OK, well, we can get back to that. OK, podcast. Could you, could you... Uh, what were you going to say? About our similarities. Oh. oh, just just the fact that uh, my mom also used to call me Monkey Boy. All right, and uh, and was a big fan of this movie. So, yeah, it's really good. so. What what is the correlation with all of you um, in terms of like unbridled love for this movie and having seen it as a kid? Because I saw it last night and I liked it, <laughs> but I don't. I wouldn't throw myself in front of a bus for this movie. Mm. Like this is a weird movie. It's extremely Sarah? weird. Yeah. I think that you and Jenny are on the same page. Yeah, we're oh. on the same page. Well, like I I saw it for the first time ever yesterday and mm-hmm. there were some moments that were pretty laugh out loud funny for me that I I don't know if they were supposed to be, but <laughs> um but it was entertaining, that's for sure. Yeah. Um I, I like it, and I would probably watch it again. I contemplated watching it again before we recorded tonight. Oh, wow. Because, like, I felt like there was so much that, yeah. like, I wasn't sure I was going to catch it all. Yeah, I watched the first half of it again today and took dialogue notes, because there's a lot of good dialogue in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, fa- it's a fast-moving, you know, moving movie, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on thrown at you on yeah. this uh, exciting ride. Yep. Also, it feels like we start off in chapter eight of like an ongoing story. Yeah. It takes like at least 20 minutes for there to be some kind of pressing plot thing that's happening. I don't know if I agree with that. You don't think that brain surgery was pressing? I mean. (laughs) So that here's one weird thing. That Eskimo guy never comes back. That's right. That is weird. Um, Yeah. And I I think that like. Part of the great appeal of the movie is the way that it crafts this world where you don't know all the details. Mm-hmm. And this Eskimo, yeah, the whole Eskimo thing is so bizarre. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, like, then uh, they go to the uh, the nightclub. And you feel like they have a history with the owner there that, like, he's his oh, own sure. character. Everything, mm-hmm. like, feels like – and the – um there kind of is a Buckaroo Banzai universe that the uh, creator or creators have tried to craft. Like, if you go to the website, you can read a short story about him and they really wanted to make another movie and blah, 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 blah. Uh, so – 
yeah, the Eskimo doesn't, we don't know about the Eskimo, but we feel like <laughs> there's a story there. I don't know if it's because we are watching the new Twin Peaks or or mm. what, but I'm just like, I don't care. I'm going for the ride. I didn't watch this when I was a kid. I didn't watch it for the first time until like last year. Oh, but wow. I don't know why. It just was like everything I kind of wanted in a movie right then where like it didn't make sense, but it was also just like a lot of fun and playfulness, like uh, uh, like goofy characters, things Things that were cool in the 80s, like, hey, we're in a band. Also, yeah. we're super smart. <laughs> yep. And look at everybody's glasses. Yeah. Oh, there's some yeah. good glasses. There's some mm-hmm. real good glasses. Colorful. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the movie, Aaron? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a family classic. I guess is the best <laughs> way I can put it. Both my, both my parents love this movie. I don't even know how they obtained a VHS of it. I... I don't know. I don't remember, but I just remember it was like it was it was a constant rotation in my household. And uh, <laughs> so when you, when you guys said, said you were going to watch it or the, it was going to be the subject of our podcast, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> it was really it was really fun to kind of go back da- back down on memory lane. Yeah, just he to, immediately lit a cigarette, start smoking. It. Yep. Like, uh, you smoke? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the three of us liked it, and then Sarah and Jenny liked it less, but not that. It's it's weird, and it definitely <clears throat> like I think that tracks with the rest of the world that it has a cult appeal. Where right. if you if it grabs you, then it grabs you. Mm-hmm. So there were there were some things that I definitely like the watermelon moment. Was one of the most amazing things yes. I've ever seen in a film. Yes, I agree. Uh, oh, so good. So, oh my gosh. It, and uh, Sarah, like, missed it. And that's part of the amazing thing about this movie is that there's so much to miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? what is it exactly? I might remember, but I don't know. So there's uh, one of the action moments after the film just becomes a long, like an hour of action moments. Uh huh. Like Jeff Goldblum and some other people are are going through a room with their guns, and there's just like a watermelon in the middle of some like science apparatus or something. And Jeff Goldblum says, "Why? Why is there a watermelon there?" <laughs> and the guy says, "Oh, I'll tell you later." Oh. And of course he never does. No. It's just <laughs> okay. one of those things. So good. So good. Now, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> did you do you did any of you guys watch this on DVD? I did. I did. Uh, so, we we rented it. Okay. So have you seen the um Pinky Carruthers unknown facts? No. I unfortunately didn't have the time to preview that, but uh, this is a DVD that was in my collection, so I'll, I'll probably get back to it. But uh, mm-hmm. I think you should, because um, one of the features on the DVD is the unknown facts of Pinky Carruthers, who is a character that you see very briefly. Um, yeah. He's the gatekeeper he's at the... gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah. He takes the box away from John... What's his <laughs> okay. name? Okay, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's John Parker. John Parker. John, John Parker. Parker has Thank the you. box. Uh, Pinky Crothers is played by Billy Vera. Um, oh, okay, okay. And um, the 
premise of this unknown facts is that Pinky Carruthers knows a lot of stuff. And um, <laughs> while you're watching the movie, <laughs> interesting. Uh, while you're watching the movie, there's a running commentary in text in like subtitles. And um, it's like, hi, I'm Pinky Carruthers. I'm going to tell you some facts about this. And like from the perspective of this movie was made about the life of Buckaroo Banzai and his oscillation over thruster, but like, like treating the film as an artifact that was made after the fact in the ways in which it is accurate and inaccurate. Wow. um, Explains that the uh, watermelon is, do you want me to tell you? Or is it better not to know? Oh my gosh. No, please. You have to tell us. Please reveal us the secret knowledge you have. Um, Let's see if I remember correctly. It's like <laughs> part of a food airdrop program where they're going to drop watermelons on starving people in Africa or something like that. <laughs> okay. Great okay. idea. So it's like a Gallagher themed uh, <laughs> food program. <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, because just oh, like the movie, so like, already there's too much in the movie to absorb on after like 90 viewings and then they have this guy talking to you about it you guys through my headphones oh i'm sorry (laughs) so the i heard a um an alleged real life fact about the watermelon scene hmm what? Which is that they put it in the movie because apparently there was a, a the director or the producer or somebody like cared a lot about making kind of a serious sci-fi like hit sci-fi movie and nobody else cared at all about it being serious. <laughs> and at one point they suspected that this person had just like given up and was no longer paying attention. So they put in the watermelon scene. And I heard that Jeff Goldblum actually did not know there was going to be a watermelon there. (laughs) And no one did anything about the watermelon scene. So they were like, okay, we can just do whatever we want at this point. Very good. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Oh, that's great. That's just great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it seems like they had a lot of uh, miscommunication uh, wants and needs from different parts of the cast and crew. Like... Uh, they switched cinematographers halfway through because the the production company wanted it to look more flat. They thought it was looking too colorful, and they wanted it to be more like uh, like wow. a, a serious movie. They wanted a movie called The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth <laughs> Dimension to be more flat wow. and less colorful. Oh, they were going to call it Buckaroo Banzai Re- Return of... Noir? No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> some weird too. Frank Miller version of Buckaroo oh, <laughs> Banzai. Uh, my dimension you? bleeds. Oh, jeez. It needs me. That's, uh, that's pretty it's frightening, Joel. It's frightening. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Sarah, what are you confused about the story? Because I think it's pretty straightforward. This is a guy. <laughs> uh, he, has a, he has a rocket car and a posse. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he happens to free, or happens to be on the. Well, he gets static clinged by an alien, and then he can see other aliens, right? Mm-hmm. Right. right, and it turns yeah. out there was an alien from that other dimension who realizes that that Bonsai has done this so that he can return home. But this other alien is like the Fanta. I mean, the, the Hitler. <laughs> 
Oh, you see, there's red aliens and black aliens, Joel. Yeah. Yeah. Black aliens are good. The red aliens yeah. are bad. Exactly. Wait. So why didn't he have electrified hair? <laughs> it was probably something in uh, Peter Weller's co- contract where he's like, "No, I'm not doing that." <laughs> okay. So what I want to know is these um, electroids. Their abilities are not super well defined in terms of what they they can or can't do. And on the one hand, like nothing in this movie is, and that's kind of part of the charm of it. Yeah. yeah. But it's, they they keep bringing up it's like somebody's D and D character, you know, where they're like, oh, well, it turns out that um I can hypnotize people, and that's what I did to Orson Welles, and then I can also like inhabit John Lithgow, but that never seems to be like a concern about anybody else. Getting inhabited by electrodes? Well, nobody yeah. else had their head partway through a wall in, in an, an oscillation overthruster experiment. Sure. But yeah, I mean, Buckaroo are... was in that mountain for <laughs> about as long as John Lithgow was in that wall. Yeah, but he was inside his special rocket rocket car chamber, That's so true. he was protected. It's a Ford, <laughs> Joel. It was a Ford. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I said that. I said that when we were watching. I'm like, good thing it's a Ford. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> yep. Harley Davidson. Now, again, a DVD thing. Did you guys mm. see the um, opening that's on, like, a home movie? Or did you see the Star Wars crawl? Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. crawl. Oh, my gosh. The Star Wars crawl in comparison with the home movie is terrible. It's real quick. I was trying to read it out loud as I was watching the DVD and it just, I I couldn't. Well, and it's so (laughs) like, I can tell why they, um, or I can imagine that they saw the original opening where, let me describe it for you guys. Okay. Sure. Um, I think it's, uh, Rawhide is narrating, uh, this home movie where Buckaroo is a kid. He's like five years old. It's 1954. And Professor oh, Hikita yeah. and the uh, Bonsai parents are in the desert doing an experiment with an oscillation over thruster and the uh, prototype rocket car. Um, as the experiment begins, it explodes. The Bonsai parents are dead because oh, of God. an incendiary device planted under the driver's seat mm. by oh, no. Hanway Shan. Yes. Oh. Okay, so it was one of the one of the deleted scenes that had to do with Hanoi Shan that they removed from the movie on purpose. Oh, did, I, I guess they on... got rid of everything having to do with Hanoi Shan. That makes I sense. I have no idea who Hanoi Shan yeah. is. Yeah. Well, there because the, it was because of the sequel, right? Right. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to you know indicate yeah that there's this ongoing story and that he was really the one that behind, that's behind you know his troubles. Like he killed his his first wife and yeah and his parents. Yeah. But yeah, he was supposed to be the main baddie in the second oh. movie, which, as we all know, turned into the movie Ghostbusters too. Yeah, that's right. What? I no. watched real fat. No, no. <laughs> I thought that the sequel to Bucker Banzai turned into Big Trouble in Little China. You are and, correct, and that, sir. That okay. turned out not to be true. Oh, okay. By the way, oh. What? It's a false fact. Yes, the, the, it has the same writer, I think. Oh. Uh. 
And but he, the writer himself, has said no; they have nothing to do with each other. Okay, okay. So they only share similar elements because the writer. Okay, yeah. okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. I'm sorry, I ruined everything. Oh man, no, 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 no. Because Lo Pan could have been Hanoi Shan. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Ryan. <laughs> oh, I, I've been led astray all these years. I'm sorry. No, it's okay, Joel. It's okay. Is somebody Just, not having a good time tonight? Just have to reevaluate, you know. Whoa! Yes. Somebody <laughs> crying out there in the darkness. <laughs> no, no tears. No tears. Okay. Wherever Please don't are. shoot me. Oh no! Never, <laughs> never. Well, I mean, I hypothetically in a life or death situation, maybe. <laughs> but I mean. You know. But I was like coming at you in an alley and I was dressed yeah. like a bear. Like, Potentially, if I did have a firearm, that would be the moment. Penny had okay. the correct reaction to that, by the way. Like, oh, he's going to sing a song. I'm just going to shoot myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was real weird. What was up with I that? that? I like that the band was like, this is weird. Yes. Everyone else is like, what is this problem? Uh-huh. So, so are the Hong Kong Cavaliers just like... Do they not normally sing? Is it is it just instrumental music that they play? Well, those two guys play the saxophone together. I don't know. Okay. Three saxophones oh, okay. between the two guys. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> he's got that mysterious hair. <laughs> okay, I have a really important question. Who's everybody's favorite Hong Kong Cavalier? Wow. Now it took me uh, years and yeah. like a dozen viewings. To figure out who is who. <laughs> okay. Because there's okay. Reno. There's Perfect Tommy. There's Rawhide. Yep. There's mm-hmm. Pinky Carruthers, who's uh, probably a Hong Kong Cavalier. There's Pecos. Um, there are the oh, yeah, Blue Blazer regulars. Oh, that's right. Pecos is in Tibet. Um, yeah. And I is uh, um, New Jersey a, a Hong Kong Cavalier by the end of the movie? or I would say so. He is the second he shows up in his cowboy gear. Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't seem to accept him right away. No. Uh, well, he hasn't gone through trial by fire. To, they, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, even they think it's weird that he's dressed yet. like a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Him. Where are you from? New Jersey, Fort Lee. <laughs> okay. I love. I really like that scene where he's like, oh, "Have you ever thought of joining me full time?" Is that a thing? Is that, can I do yeah. that? <laughs> Serious? Um, what I didn't notice until this time is that because I always thought of the character as New Jersey, like that's just his name. Um, and I didn't notice until this time that like he the, Buckaroo introduces him to the guys as Sydney. What's his name? Uh, some S- Sydney's Y Bell, and um, the guys like talk to him and they uh, find out that he's from New Jersey and then off screen, they decide we're going to call you New Jersey from now on. And yeah. um, like Buckaroo still calls him Sydney, but I'm pretty sure he's New Jersey in like the credits. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so does anybody other than cool. him actually call him New Jersey? Because my take on the scene was like, the guys haven't accepted me enough to nickname me yet. So I'm just going to, yeah, they call me New Jersey. Okay, there, that that's that is a good read. <laughs> um, geez, I have to agree with her. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. Yes, yes, that makes sense. That is what New Jersey would do. 
Exactly. A hundred percent. My notes said when he's not doing martial arts or jumping through a wall, he's doing <laughs> surgery and in a band. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So I really like the idea of Buckaroo Banzai. I'm not sure I like him as a character. Like, I don't... Because I'm trying to think about, like, what kind of sandwich does he like? What would it be like to go get a beer with Buckaroo Banzai? And I kind of have no idea. Um, you're saying you're saying even though the movie has eight, eight, eight dimensions, he probably doesn't <laughs> even have three himself? Yeah, two best. Two um, best. I think there is... I'm I'm going to be uh pursuing this line of thought that the writer or writers or the the production team in general had a really well-defined idea of who Buckaroo Banzai was and that we only see like we only see what he's doing for like 2 days so that um when if the stuff that we do see isn't the uh two dimensions of a two dimensional character, but just two days of an eight dimensional character. That actually makes mm. a lot of sense. It does. It does. Mm. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean, this, the, the movie's not really about him. It, it's like about everything that's happening around him. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I want the movie to be about Dr. Lazardo because I just can't get enough of freaking John Lithgow. Doing oh, that he's thing. amazing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he was jumping around like a monkey. Oh yeah, <laughs> monkey boy! How dare you? That look, this like the flashback to the lab when he goes out yeah. the fire exit, and then right. he just like pauses and does the villain thing yeah. back oh, into the door. Yeah. That's amusing. I loved that so much. I was <laughs> cracking up. Electrocuting his tongue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, you got that guy from Breaking Bad showing up for uh, you know a very small moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the uh, the guy who's working at the I'm, I'm assuming the care facility the the doctor is now yeah. living in. Yeah, jo- Jonathan Banks. Yeah, Jonathan Banks. Yeah, he's the one who uh, when he's when uh, Doctor Lazardo's making the phone call, he lifts him up and breaks his neck and like one. Yep. And nobody cares. Nope. Nope. Um, actually, I want to. Oh yeah, when he kills that guy. Um, yeah. Pinky Carruthers explains in The Unknown Facts that this is the first of many violent moments that required softening for the film version of this tale. In reality, <laughs> according to the New Brunswick police report, Morphin had brutally stabbed the orderly with a crude handmade knife, plunging it straight through his stomach and into several vertebrae. W.D. Richter knew depicting this would earn the film an R rating, so the conceit was made to snap the orderly's neck. Why one form of cinematic violence is more acceptable than another cannot readily be explained by the likes of me. That's a great question, Pinky Carruthers. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if he got stabbed to death. I, yeah. I kind of like yeah. the whole lifting crack. Well, yeah. reality isn't pretty. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we watch movies, to escape. Mm. Mm. There were a couple of scenes with John Lithgow where, I mean, and it's a low budget. I mean, I don't, I don't know yeah. how much money was spent yeah. on this movie, but there's some low budget stuff. You're just so excited. You just go bang him. <laughs> you can't see me. I'm chastising Aaron. Anyways, what were you saying? Low budget. Nope. Oh, no, I just 
knock the table. I'm worse than him. Oh my okay, gosh. let's comfortable. Okay, I'm comfortable. <laughs> However, you want to sit in this I'm one? doing great. Okay, sorry. I'm doing great. Aaron, Don't you're wearing that awesome Jerbo uh, oh. Kid shirt? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think to answer an earlier question, I'm going to have to go with right now. One of my favorite Hong Kong Cavaliers would have to be Perfect Tommy. Perfect yeah. Tommy all day. Yeah, I feel like Perfect Tommy. I, I knew when you asked that question that everyone was going to say Perfect Tommy. For me, it's a, a toss-up between, and, and I feel like we can't mention New Jersey because New Jersey's just awesome. But it's it's actually a toss-up between Perfect Tommy and Rawhide. Yes, Rawhide is Rawhide. really cool. Right, yeah. I had, I think, my favorite line in the whole thing, which was, uh, just as soon kill you as go fishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> he seems to be handling most of the stuff. He's, like, doing things behind the scene and actually oh, out yeah. there. You know, until he gets taken out. Yep. He's great. Is he dead? Because <laughs> he's dancing in the credits. Don't worry. Don't... Pinky Carthers can explain. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me find it. Uh, <laughs> contrary to popular belief, Rawhide is not dead. Okay. While he is not with Good. us in the sense of daily camaraderie, neither is he a lost cause. Following his descent into coma, he was placed in medical stasis. His metabolic rate slowed to nearly imperceptible level, also known as being put on ice. An entire wing of the Institute was dedicated to finding a cure for the deadly Lectroid barb, the best men in their fields working around the clock. Only now do we feel confident to announce that an antidote is indeed nearly at hand, and we expect our fallen comrade to rejoin our ranks shortly. His modified Trans Am is still in his parking space, and his favorite book, The Complete Angler, is still on his dresser where he left it. Let me just say that I assumed he was dead the first time I watched this. Mm-hmm. This time, I don't think that he was supposed to be dead because they don't have a very big reaction to him. Just like, you know, lights out. Like they they asked John, uh, what's his name? Uh, Parker. John Parker. They asked not, not John Parker, is there any cure or, or any antidote? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that. Um, if we accept the movie as a text with no alterations by Pinky Carruthers, mm-hmm. then the intent of the artists, um, probably before we found out, before the Institute figured out that, that a cure was on the way, was to say that Rawhide was dead and that when he comes back in the credits, it's like, because the credits are happening outside of the, uh, story. Right. Okay. It's like they're all walking in heaven together. Ah. Uh, yeah. And ah. this is re- referenced in The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. <laughs> where the, oh, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. The end okay, credits I'm of that take are. take off a, my headphones for a second. Oh, the end credits of that are a uh, obvious homage to the end credits of Buckaroo Banzai. And in fact, a character who definitely, definitely dies in that movie uh, appears in the credits because. It's not the story. He can be around for the credits. Oh, Jenny, man. come back. I never made that connection. Okay, are now. you done? Yeah. We didn't okay, actually good. talk. We didn't talk about who was whatever. Oh, oh, good. Good. Because I still need to watch that. Yeah. I'll there's, get there's, on that. It's an old movie. There's a shark in there. And sharks are good. Sharks are it's, awesome. It's got a Bill Murray. A Bill Murray. So, yeah. man, there's so, there's so it much also has in this. That, character, that actor I really like. With the eyes uh, 
and he <laughs> stutters. You know that one actor who's got the eyes? Um, you know, he, uh, yeah. he can't yeah. uh, remember um, any of his uh, lines. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're talking about yeah. Steve Martin? No, wait, uh, you're talking Shit. about... Uh, He's in a Cronenberg movie, I think. I don't know. Oh, oh, you're talking. You're talking about that guy from Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about he Dennis laughs Nevin. like. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about the Dilophosaurus. Um, the guy who does those um commercials about how you can buy an apartment. Oh, I've never seen one of those. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. Man. There's like an apartment website that got him for some commercials a few years back. Huh. I can't oh, buy an apartment. I'm too busy eating this avocado toast. <laughs> right? So yeah. good. The LaCroix waters, Joel. Yeah. LaCroix yeah. waters and yogurt, the Joel Torres story. Yeah. In those yeah. end credits, I got a total callback to um, Pee Wee's Playhouse because he's wearing the bow tie oh. and New yeah. Jersey's in the chaps. Not yet. Not only oh. that. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, yeah, wearing that cowboy thing yeah. is just like Cowboy Curtis. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Cowboy Curtis. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I wait a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I know that that happened after this. And then I started right. thinking about Pee Wee Herman as a hero. And then mm-hmm. I was like, he's kind of like, he's kind of like Buckaroo Banzai, except he's more of a dork. Yeah, he's a bigger dork. I, I made that same connection this time when really? I watched it. Sarah. It was dur- the, the scene where he runs... And he hops on the motorcycle oh, when yeah. he's running because he has the the gray suit on, yeah. the bow tie, and white shoes as yeah, well. Yeah. So it's like, I was like, I didn't realize this that Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. <laughs> Just straight up Pee Wee Herman right there. That's, that's <laughs> crazy. I had never seen it before, but when I saw those shoes in that outfit, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was after, like, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I think, was in... Like eighty five or something. No, that's Pee Wee's Big Adventure is our Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, yeah, nineteen eighty five. For Ryan, like we've seen uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure like twelve times. Yeah, we've seen yeah. it a ton. Yeah. I don't know about but, twelve, but I've seen that several times. Okay, we've seen it forty times. What, Jeez, what, wow. what did you guys think about? Uh, what did you guys think about the scene where Buckaroo Banzai is running away from a car that's speedily r- driving directly at him, <laughs> and just at the right moment, a ladder drops right in front of him. <laughs> That was like the moment where that guy fell out of the thing and he hits his head. I'm like, what the hell? Just is this really a part of the movie? (laughs) Yeah, I said out loud a lot of times, like, what is this movie? And then I go like, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Sarah was sitting behind me, and every once in a while, her just burst out laughing. I turned around, she's shaking her head like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, boy, that that I'm, dad who owned the helicopter and the gasoline station, and and the kid, they were pretty good. Yeah, I really like the double decker couches he had that you saw for two seconds. Yeah, oh, I missed that. Um, yeah. Oh. Double deck. He has double decker couch. Like he sells couches on his at his gas station. Oh, just other things I really love about this movie. What'd you think about the excellent uh, bubble wrap goggles? Oh, uh, yeah. Good. 
Da, da, Those da, must have da, been da, in, da. included in the box, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan? D- John <laughs> M. Doll and that whole thing oh, is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Really sparkly. <laughs> she's so sparkly. She's so, like, she delivers this um, incredible performance where she's actually, like, like writing wise, she's just yeah. info dumping all over the place. like there's no elegance at all to what's going on but the way she sells it is amazing and she it looks so good it's so vivid in my mind's eye right now and no i want her as my leader the whole time everyone's (laughs) chatting and buckaroo has to say will everyone shut up and buckaroo like I noticed this time, after seeing it many times, for the first time I noticed how mean Buckaroo is when he has to be. Because as soon as something important is going on, he has no time for anyone's nonsense. Yep. Yep. That's why he's Buckaroo Bonsai. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What about that, that weirdly poignant moment where there's, like, the third guy who's inside the flying thing... And they're trying to get in. <laughs> and then HQ is like, destroy yourself, John, whatever your name is. And yeah, he's like, seriously. Yeah, he's like, I must apologize to my, yeah, my government and my, my loved ones. John, John the other guy is said, dead. He fell on his head. He fell on his head. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the most poignant mofo in this entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, that scene right beforehand because the I listened to this uh, podcast that talks about uh, legends and cryptids and stuff like that, and uh, the descriptions uh, that they were recently talking about, like the Mothman and stuff like that, and uh, then the the thermal pod uh, thermal pod that they launched from the spaceship like flies over those two hunters, and I was like, that's what they saw. <laughs> <laughs> it was a thermopod. <laughs> Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, it's great that it's great that they also had like the most recent issue of Buckaroo Banzai, the comic book. Oh yeah, yeah. And the <laughs> fact that he, he has a comic book in the universe where he exists. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Logan. It's so popular that this hunter looks at it and immediately goes, "Oh, it's the latest issue." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I was like, do they draw the comic to themselves? <laughs> like, that, well, you mean, yeah, the, <laughs> Buckaroo employs yeah. his own propaganda machine? There's like yep. a wing. <laughs> too, um, too busy to talk to the president himself as other people, you know, talk to the president for him. Absolutely. Buckaroo Banzai. Which president? Uh, exactly. The <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I didn't look this up. Does anyone know if an E cipher and a G cipher is that a real thing, or are they just like a hacker? That's that's crazy nonsense. Okay, um, but yeah, I I couldn't get the D- DVD doesn't have English subtitles. I was watching it with French subtitles to amuse myself, mm-hmm. and yes. it translates G cipher as soul cipher, as oh. in the musical note soul. Oh, sure. Which okay. is cool. Because he gets, yeah, he gets the idea from Jeff Goldblum changing key on the piano. Uh, 
I I guess so. Yeah. No, watch it again. Man. Yeah. It's like those those uh, guys that like make those puzzles where they, there's a certain tone that plays, and then inside the tone is a code that you can put on like a cartridge for an old game system. Phone freaking. You know. Yeah. What? I don't know. I'm thinking fraud fractions. Whatever's going on there. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, that might still be on sale, or in the humble bundle. Plug. Awesome. Is it nice? Oh yeah, uh, Jenny worked on uh, Frog Factions Two. Frog Factions Two, and I think that I also did. Did you? I think you did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Oh, cool. I I didn't know it at the time. (laughs) Yeah. But later on, I was like, I think I might have worked on Frog Fractions Two. (laughs) (laughs) You had to write some stuff about some donuts. Yeah. Yeah. Just oh, no. hypothetically. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, well, let's stop talking about that. I want to say, okay. Um, <laughs> so, okay, at the concert, I have a bunch of notes about the concert. Okay. A, okay. Perfect Tommy's jacket is white with huge lapels. Yes. Just like yep. the jacket that Zoolander wears at his roommate's funeral. Oh. So, coincidence? Is that in the is that in the first movie or the second one? I haven't seen Zoolander 2. Okay, neither have I. Okay, okay. just making sure. High five. Cool. Um, the shot of Penny crying, like the first shot where she appears, has like, there's 20 people in this shot. And the lighting isn't super obvious at all, but... Somehow, by a miracle of filmmaking, they get you to focus on this one woman in this crowd. It's yeah. crazy. I don't know how they do it. She's the only one not having a good time. Come I on. Think, oh, I yeah. think maybe they just kept telling people, like, back up some more, back up some more, because they wanted to make a bigger space around her. Okay, okay. Make more. her more. Yeah. Yeah, and I just, you know, her body language too. She's all slumped over. Isn't, aren't there like multiple like uh, beverages like open in front of her? Like she's been drinking. I think that must be part of it. Yeah. 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 Because. A little too much of the fat 69. <laughs> <laughs> um, she. What? <laughs> when. <laughs> when um, Buckaroo starts singing the song to her. There's an amazing there's, uh, they must have had the first cinematographer on this part because this whole thing is shot incredibly. Um, there's a close up on her taking another pull from the bottle and um, there's a little trail of saliva that's uh, like shows up clear as day because it's backlit and the bottle is glittering in her hand and then it cuts to uh, Buckaroo who's like um with the two shots together he's facing her and across from him resting on the piano is his uh piccolo trumpet and that is like glittering in the same way and it's this crazy um symmetrical or reversed version of the shot that like puts them right next to each other even though they're across the room from each other um and my other note is that the correct quote is, no matter where you go, there you are. 
Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's, that's one of that's several, inspiring. Yeah, one of several quotes that they get in uh, that are from other things actually that they slightly miss say apparently. So wait, wait. I'm saying that that's what Buckaroo says in this movie. What is he quoting? Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, according to the uh, IMDb Tribune. Um, <laughs> Which is a which is a we hate movies joke. Sorry, sorry, we hate movies. Sorry. Uh, the let's see. Many lines given by Lord. Okay, so not that line specifically. Sorry, there are lines that uh, John Lithgow's oh, yeah, character yeah. says that are yeah corruptions of things. Yeah, and that's because he's bonkers. What? Well, you I know, think that far inside the head, it all looks the same. I think that John Warfin is actually a like a disturbed and dangerously nutso person. Actually, mm. uh, that's probably why he's in the mental health institute at the beginning of the movie. That explains his violent behavior toward many people. Um, I think that in general, a lot of the things that he does would be. Um, Explained, I don't want to use the word justified, uh, by the uh, theory that he is a crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. I believe <laughs> him to be crazy. And Thank not you. just an, a, a, an interdimensional being inside a human's body. And not yeah. just a guy who jumps around like a monkey. <laughs> I didn't realize this was a question. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> no, he's <laughs> I don't think they really say this or uh, they probably say it like really fast in the movie, but the red electroids were bred as warriors by the black electroids. Uh, right? Yeah. And then John Warfin led this insurrection like a slave revolt um, and uh, it failed. And that's why he was exiled to the eighth dimension. Yeah, I think that uh, John, uh, it, 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 uh, the leader of the group, says that. Oh, okay. In her hologram. I've been wondering. I've been wondering about this for a long time, and I don't think I ever asked my parents, but I have to ask it here. Um, okay. The the gooey sort of orb that Buckaroo finds in, under the bottom of his car, okay. right. and then also seen later in the movie by some of the the uh, the, the red lectoids um, right. are, are carrying one of these also these orbs. What is that? I mean, it's, I think it looks awesome and gooey and kind of weirdly cool looking, but I never, I never, I've, I've never known. I'm glad that that is the question that you haven't asked your parents because this was about to get really. <laughs> <laughs> well, when a red electroid loves a black electroid. Oh, don't worry. Oh, right. um, the answer is somewhere in Pinky Carruthers. Good, sure, excellent, sure. excellent. Good. Uh, <laughs> trying to find. Oh, of course. the creature. Nicknamed Odd Wad, is actually a sentient parasite that lives on alcohol. It was attracted to the jet car by a small pinhole leak in the fuel line. It is seen here basking in a beaker of rum. This is at the press conference. Eventually growing to a circumference of 10 feet, it was successfully crossed with one of Rawhide's prize-winning pigs as a potential food source for the developing world. That makes me think that I got the explanation of the watermelon wrong. I better check here. Hey, uh, yeah, maybe this is, there's this whole other sub thing where they're solving world hunger. They no. the Bonsai Institute is trying to fix everything, right? Sure. I, 
I felt like nobody was standing up for the rights of this parasite. And they were just kind of pushing him around and like, oh yeah, because he's sentient. Kind of a, I'm, a I'm fear tactic to... for her uh, and stuff. Yeah, I said uh, I don't like that that they're shocking that creature. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things yeah. get shocked in this movie. That's I feel true. I feel oddly at peace true. now. Thank you. Like the you know, like a quite, a yeah, I answered a lot of my my yeah. questions. Thank you. Wow. That's good. I wish I had the unknown fact about the watermelon here but it's not making itself known to me it's okay that's why it's an unknown fact that's yet it's further unknown <laughs> you know it, it, and i understand that some things could just never be answered you know that's okay yeah. it's like twin peaks it's not supposed to be answered just you gotta have faith some strap yourself just, into the you ride know, you never get an explanation for <laughs> Jeez. oh i was gonna say it would be cool in this episode if we like took a break it was like a musical interlude of that outro song. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Good music. Yeah, that would be amazing. It'll march in place. So uh, John Parker, I think, is a really cool dude in this movie. Yeah. Me too. There is yeah. one thing that I want to talk about that I I didn't remember from the first time that I just I can't take how good it is, which is when he's like first approaching the like the bonsai compound. He's carrying that pink box mm-hmm. and crossing the street, and from off screen, somebody's like, "Hey man, nice jacket." Nice jacket. Yeah. And then somebody <laughs> yeah. else, is like, "What's in that pink box?" Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. All all the way through this movie, from the uh-huh. beginning hey, where they're in the bonsai. place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything like there's there's what's happening, and then there's this layer of people commenting on what's happening and mm-hmm. people observing, like the guy um, eating the Chinese noodles while watching brain surgery. That's <laughs> what does. Um, the chatter at the um the base when they're doing the experiment, the chatter on the uh PA at the uh, mental institution, the chatter or the announcements on the PA at Yoyodyne, um, yeah. all the time. There's it's almost it's like on the boundary between screenwriting and sound design of creating this world where it's impossible to pay attention to everything at once. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was like, every time I was about to say what the heck is going on, something else would happen. Yeah. Mm. It was so, so much was happening. I didn't even have time to react. It is a bit of a sensory overload, but, but I think that's why subsequent viewings just make this movie even more really, fun. Really? Yeah. 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 And I think it's, that's also why the, world building feels so tight is yeah. because you kind of do get the feel like the feeling that you 
have when you're walking around the real world. You're not able to pay attention to everything that happens. You have to tune something out so that you can pay attention to something else. Um, and yeah. so when you come back and you find out about all those details, you're like, it feels like it's a uh, really like you aren't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of bummed that the uh, proposed TV show didn't actually go through. Oh, I didn't know that it didn't go through. Yeah. Kevin Smith backed out, unfortunately. Oh, Aww. thank God. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that, that would have been great to see though. I think and, and just anything. Well, there's um, if you go to if you can find the website, which might now only be on like archive.org, um, there yeah, was no longer current. Uh huh. Um, they had at least one short story, "The Strange Case of Mister Cigars," that is about cool. something else that Buckaroo did. Our, and I'll you check could it get out. they had patches. I should have bought a yo-yo dime patch. You did. I have one of the patches, and I also have a um, a T-shirt from uh, circa circa nineteen eighty something. Awesome! Wow, cool. That's probably worth money. A time traveler in our midst. It's worth yep. money to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, also, I also possess a few of the comic books that came out in the early two thousands. Well, there's been a bunch more since then, yeah. right? Like mm. Dynamite and a couple. There's been yeah. a couple. My dad had um, a couple of the comics, and um, there's one in like the it's the Marvel comics movie adaptation. Movie adaptation, yeah. Um, okay. The when they get to the part where Jeff Goldblum is putting it all together, there's this incredibly good drawing of Jeff Goldblum, his eyes bugging out as he comes to a <laughs> terrible conclusion. <laughs> I and want to see that. It was my <laughs> forum avatar for several years where I changed the, the word bubble to say, <laughs> I forgot my mantra. <laughs> well, I keep knocking around the, no, it's okay. the cables over it's here, but I'm just laughing, good. man. I'm losing it. <laughs> I want to see that picture. That's great. I wish yeah. that's great. I knew where that was. What other notes do I have? Let's see. Ba-ba-ba. <laughs> Um, the electricity effect in the phone booth when he gets yeah. ionized, uh, looks a lot like the electricity in Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, I don't know if that's just the effects of the era or if they were authored by the same guy. Oh, so it's kind of, uh, it's super amazing that Jeff Goldblum, I'm sorry, that New Jersey plays the theme from the movie, um, in the movie. <laughs> but what I noticed here, and it might be the first time I noticed it, is that when they enter the um, compound and they're greeted by Mrs. Johnson and she thinks that Penny is Peggy and she freaks out because Peggy's back, even though she knows Aww. that Peggy is dead. Um, exactly. Mrs. Johnson is listening to the theme from the movie on the radio and it's very tinny and hard to hear. Um, but that must be how New Jersey knows it. And so I think he's trying to play it by ear upstairs later on. Interesting. Makes sense. Wow. According to the Wikipedia article on Buckaroo Bonsai, 
it says in other media, Buckaroo Banzai and several other members of Team Banzai, which isn't that the Hong Kong Cavaliers? Anyways, yeah. are prominently featured in the Battletech universe. Oh, Do you know what the hell that is? Yeah, I know what Battletech is. Okay. Yeah, it's it's like it's like it's Mech Warrior essentially. Oh, okay. Yeah, Battletech is just the uh, one side of it. Uh, yeah. Hmm. It yeah. It says. Uh, it's not clearly explained how they find themselves in the future other than the sort of time warp. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. Don't trip out. I didn't know that. Cool. <laughs> so what I'm saying is we are now becoming a battle tech podcast. <laughs> is that what's called? That? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. What? Got to talk about all the different mech warrior clans. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how I feel about that. Oh, no, it's cool, dude. Everybody's into it. Uh, there, there might be some. There's a hundred novels. Come on. Oh no. Hey Jenny. Uh huh. We're leaving. <laughs> Get your coat. Okay. I'm getting my coat. I'm getting my exoskeleton. Wait, it's summer. Wait, you have to bring a coat so that I can tell you to get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, was there a Russian accent and a Asian accent in this movie? Um, so, there's a Russian guy or, attending no. to the president. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. John Lithgow, I noticed had had like a an actual voice coach. Oh, oh. yeah. And then yeah. yeah, there was a moment where I thought it was Italian. Is it Italian? Yeah, it is Italian. Yeah, he's there Emilio Lizardo, the Italian physicist. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. My paw there. Yeah, that's um, why he was like, woohoo, ah, oh. Mama it's me. me. John <laughs> I was wondering about those white gloves he was wearing. Oh, yeah. yeah. He only, had, only had four fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kept jumping on these mushroom people. <laughs> oh, no. Laugh for all you can, Nagumba boy. <laughs> I wrote <Blood>. down. <laughs> This yes. woman is having uh, the sexiest depression of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's and... That reminds me of in the movie The Shadow when uh, that that woman that is like the 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 main you know, squeeze in that uh, like sleeps over at, at uh, the shadow's place and she like he like wakes her up and she's like I was having a dream I was naked on the beach and warm water was hitting me and he's like I had a dream that I tore my own face off <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's, that's an impression too <laughs> is it weird to anybody else that like the, the twin sister of his dead wife shows up and they just start dating Yes, I was going to say the same thing. I yeah. mean, they feel like it's some kind of cosmic connection or something, but like I I don't know. I if I were I I can't picture myself being her or the other girl. But being him, I would think it would be a little bit weird <coughs> to see twin sister yeah. of my I just feel this movie is moving so fast that like like even the Hong Kong Cavaliers don't really have any time to like Dude, she looks like <laughs> your well, dead lady. <laughs> in, the, in the um in the imagined context of this being episode, you know, seventeen in the Buckaroo Banzai sure. Adventures, 
the idea of her showing up and her, him and they, both of them immediately falling for falling for each other totally makes sense. Um, th- as a standalone movie, you kind of have to uh, accept that premise in order for the relationship to kind of make sense. I think that yeah. um, otherwise it's just kind of dumb movie. They're in love because uh, they say they're in love. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. she did she need to be there? I was just kind of like contemplating like if her character oh. contributed something pivotal. Nope. Oh, she gets uh. damseled toward the end. Yeah, that's yeah. about it. She has the um she's able to take the overthruster from Professor Hikita. Oh, that's Oh, true. yeah. 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 That's right. B- before the aliens got it, that's right. Yeah. 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 Before the a- aliens immediately grabbed her and got it. Oh, yeah. But they didn't know they had it. Yeah, it was oh, in her purse, man. True. Her see-through yeah. purse. Yeah. Her see-through <laughs> purse. <laughs> um, I think that in general, um, possibly because this movie is from 1984, that uh-huh. women get treated kind of terribly. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Naturally, they're like a great moment. Unfortunately, is when she's being tortured for the uh equations and um lizardo puts her on the phone with buckaroo and she starts screaming i'll never tell him anything and he says get off the phone (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's, uh a cool moment for a guy to be no nonsense but it's also like like oh yeah like that's gonna be a relationship conversation later (laughs) yeah. <laughs> what was that all about dude yeah hey i felt really invalidated when you said that <laughs> um it's it's too bad because if the uh they could have made a, a story about the same characters being just as cool but not uh t- treated the uh, first of two lady characters in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't really criticizing it, even though I know, like, you know, in in that era of movies, there weren't a lot of, like, (laughs) parts for women that had a lot of substance in them. You know, I mean, why weren't any of the Cavaliers women, you know? Why, there there were other folks that could have been there, capable women. That moment... Where she can't go in the bunkhouse. That's oh yeah, she they they told her to go downstairs, right? I I remember seeing yeah, that. Yeah, it's like time. Mrs. Mrs. Johnson gets in front of her, like she's just yeah. following the guys. And she's like, Very well, odd. where are they going? They're like, oh, the bunkhouse. It's off limits. It's like what? I just okay. thought maybe it was private headquarters for like their gang only or whatever. No, no, no girls allowed. Mm-hmm. They have cooties. But. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. New Jersey, who has been around, like, he's been in the gang for about ten seconds more than she has. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That's Um, true. I mean, he's a neurosurgeon. That is true. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) And you know what? The, The only moment where Penny, like, actually ostensibly demonstrates any value is when she delivers that technobabble speech at the press conference and it's when she understands the science that makes no sense it's yes it's so like i think that she honestly uh, it's a combination of the line being stupid and her not really selling it 
but like mm-hmm. I th- I kind of cringe whenever we get to that part. Okay. <laughs> Why is she anybody? <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe they had to demonstrate that she was a little bit intellectually on par with Buckaroo. Right. Yeah. So you felt yeah. And also, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Experts only on the panel, please. I just think it would have been great if like if like uh Buckaroo Bonsai had just been like, Oh, and this is my new lady and she looks just like my uh my old woman. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, that's how she's introduced, you know? Yep. <laughs> so that, that that didn't make any sense. Right? No. For her to be okay. on the panel? No, it doesn't. Oh. <laughs> well oh, that I, too. I what what are you saying? Yeah, uh, the the entire premise of the thing about how you can only access the eighth dimension by causing like oppositely oh, no. charged particles banging into each other. That doesn't what? make sense, but who cares? Okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, another another terrible writing moment is um with John John what's her name being awesome and sparkly and she's threatening to attack Smolensk from American airspace. Mm-hmm. And then perfect Tommy of all people goes, that's an action that the Kremlin will most certainly misinterpret as an American first strike. Yeah. Yes. I, <laughs> what? I can't, yeah. I almost feel like that is intentionally stupid. Like it's a joke about info dumps or it's a joke about perfect Tommy being adult. I love, oh. I don't, I, I can't say with absolute certainty that that's bad writing. It was just so random that I, I yeah. had to kind of be like, wow. Yeah. He knows what's up. He's yeah. perfect. He's perfect, Tommy. <laughs> now, I, he's, he's I'm going to read you another unknown fact about uh, John M. Dahl and the threat on Smolensk. It turns out that the black lectroids were only bluffing about vaporizing Smolensk in order to gain Buckaroo's help. Their actual plan was to strike Yoyodyne. They were only waiting approval from the Nova Police, sanctioning body of the universe. Ooh, that's a good, yeah, world-building thread. The Nova Police. I wonder. I wonder what their spaceships look like. If they also look like giant shells with cool lights. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if. The Lectroids influenced the designs of the Decapoidians on Futurama. Because oh. they both have, like, crustacean spaceships. Yeah. Crustacean ships. Yeah. <laughs> I thought those aliens kind of looked um, enemy mine-ish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I get those. I mean, they look, they look like a... They also made me think of uh, the Giver, of course. Mm. Oh, classic! Right. Classic comes back into my brain, except for you get those uh, little eyeballs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, John Erdman, you know, uh, I think we were talking before we were recording about the basically the other other Johns that are in the movie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. John Smallberries uh, is my favorite. That's a, that's a great name. I'm, I'm really glad we got a visual on him too. Yeah, yeah. Because somebody's reading those off the list, these have got to be fake. <laughs> and then he introduces himself, you know, just uh-huh. there. John's it's great big booty. It's bootay. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, that scene during the press conference, Vincent Chiavelli and Dan Adea are sitting there. 
And then I don't think we see Dan Hedaya again. And that makes me sad. Wait, you don't... We see him again. When? Well, he's in human form at the crash site of the thermopod. And um, then he mostly shows up in um, in Lectroid form for the rest of the movie. He yeah. gets hardly any lines. But yeah. he's around for, you know, basically as long as uh, um, the uh, Chevelli and uh, other guy whose name I'm blanking on. That famous guy, Doc Brown, are around. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, Doc Brown. <laughs> that's funny because I was when I that was another moment where I was like is he gonna get electrified and turn into the doc yeah and Rawhide gets his head cut off and that causes the quickening and uh, you know Jeff Goldblum <laughs> turns into a fly also a dinosaur, dinosaur Jeff Goldblum yeah. he, he finds out yeah about the the dinosaurs. Oh. He, <laughs> he, just, he becomes a chaotic. <laughs> he learned so They're... much about aliens from this movie that he was able to help Will Smith out. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. He decides to become. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, Jones, what's going on here? I don't know. This movie's just great. Yeah. I really I... do like it. It is. I kind of want to watch it again, even though I didn't like it as much as you guys did. Yeah, well, I, I feel like I, really I need to think... watch it about 18 times and then it'll really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get started on our uh, three week marathon. I watched oh, that wow. outro about 18 times today on YouTube. That's a really good outro. That might be my favorite part of the whole movie. I had to unload a bunch of boxes. Uh, our our shop just came back from a board game convention, so I found a half an hour a half an hour loop of the uh, closing. <laughs> wow! And I just played that. I blasted that in, in the comic book store as I was putting board games away. <laughs> so, can I share something from the Bonsai Institute website as delivered by Archive.org? Please. I have confirmed your account of the watermelons, Ryan. Oh yeah. Which is very important. Yep, yep. They were to basically drop from the, uh, you know, the bomb things, the things on airplanes that hold the bombs until they don't anymore. Bomb. <laughs> yeah, those things. Yeah, and drop on the starving people of Africa. And then um, there was something like a link to, uh, yeah, more information about watermelons can be found on an Easter egg on the DVD. An Easter egg was a link, so I clicked on it. And got got linked to an internal memo 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 to Scooter from Reno, and it's just explaining what Easter eggs are. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Man. Which is really funny because if one of those dudes knew what Easter eggs were, I would assume it would be Scooter. Apparently not. Yeah, Scooter's up on stuff, man. He's been calling him something else this whole time. <laughs> Tommy knows a lot too, though. He does. <laughs> Give her your jacket. Why? Oh, I have to say this because I'm mm. the hugest Radiohead fan of all time. The early um, Perfect Tommy with the band, I was like, this kind of reminds me of early Tom York when he had blonde hair. Oh. But that was just like for a split second, and then we got to know Tommy a little bit better, and I was like, no, not so much. Uh -huh. So is is Tom York the true perfect Tommy? 
Uh, <laughs> in Sarah's heart. In my opinion. <laughs> Another quote that I have written down is, that guy's a top scientist, Doomkoff. So is Mr. <laughs> Wizard. <laughs> but doesn't he say, like, haven't you seen that guy on TV? He's like, you're thinking of Mr. You're thinking Wizard. You're thinking of Mr. Wizard, yeah. yep. Yep. Yeah. Bill Nye, apparently. Oh. Uh, so, uh, anything else you guys want to say about it? Or Let's should we start wrapping? See. Let me. There's Let's tons see. of. Bill Nye's already got the hair from having gone halfway into the eighth dimension. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of. I'm wondering now who's been electroded just from their hair. <laughs> Um, this isn't, uh, the most, uh, amusing or interesting observation, but the movie starts out with the, uh, supercar experiment. And yeah. in the original opening, it starts out with the supercar experiment in the fifties. Then it goes to the supercar experiment in the eighties. Then it goes straight to the, like John Warfin is watching it on the news and he uses electricity to enter a flashback of doing the the same experiment in the 30s. And so if you're watching the like original cut oh. of the film, you start basically see the same experiment get done three times for the first 15 minutes of the movie. And then that procedure is also the material of the climax of the movie. And so kind of interesting structurally to have the Oh yeah. Uh, yeah bookends of pointing a blue laser at a wall and trying to fly into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like the Star Wars crawl. We just got hosed on that. Yeah. I don't I don't think that the Star Wars crawl is very good. I think that it lays everything out in a way that the movie doesn't really want to do. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It feel if it definitely feels like some sort of studio intervention or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. We got to we got to make sense of this right now. <laughs> Also, it claims that he was born going in different directions in life because his parents were multicultural. It's like, no, yeah. that's yeah. not how that works physically. No, uh, it's crazy. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't his mom um, Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah, deleted yeah. scenes apparently. Oh wow! I saw that on YouTube earlier today. Oh. I watched that. Wow. Part. Oh, that's the that's the intro that I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Um. But I like, did see that earlier. It's Lori not Strode. easy to tell that it's Jamie Lee Curtis. You can barely see her and she doesn't say anything. Yeah. That was a bit, a very small part. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another minus point for female characters in the movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be yeah, fair, she, she has to show up and die immediately. She uh, like, uh, no, uh, every, yeah. every, she does. Um, everyone no, but not with the Star Wars crawl. Oh, that's no. right. Yeah, but that's also the case for everyone else in the intro. No one gets a good part except for Buckaroo and Professor Hikita, who show up in the rest of the movie. So, I don't think that it is a uh, it's admissible in the court of gender issues. Yeah. Uh, objection. We're going to we're gonna have to take this to the top. I don't know. Phoenix Rider this. Yeah. Take that. The microphone yeah. never works in Phoenix Wright. Oh. 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 
I don't know. I've never tried to use the microphone. Yeah, what's the microphone supposed to do? You're supposed to be able to, and in some of the games at least, you're supposed to be able oh. to yell objection into the microphone. <laughs> I mean, you can do that just all the time anyway. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, it's... like, you can do that instead of I hitting like the objection button. Jenny? <laughs> Jenny? Uh, uh, Ryan, yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just picturing you taking, like, public transportation and playing <laughs> this game. And they're just shouting, objection, straight into the chest. <laughs> well, and then doing it five times in succession because it never understands me properly. Yeah. Which you would think, if the mic isn't going to be used for anything else, then yeah. just interpret any loud noise. Any loud noise as, a, as an objection. Like, if, it, if it's loud, if it, the 3DS or the DS microphone is able to pick that noise up, then it mm-hmm. is probably intentional because that mic is terrible. So, oh, yeah. I don't know. He might have said inflection. You better not do anything. <laughs> I was criticizing my own inflection of the word objection. <laughs> yeah. He said he wants he wants to see the Phoenix writes what? Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah. What? Yeah, that's I points. 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 Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's the kind of podcast we run around here. Aaron, do you have any final notes? You know, just just to solidify the fact, I just I love this movie, and it, it's just it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and and I want to go watch it again now, like mm-hmm. just after talking about it. So, mm-hmm. is there anything that you feel like from your experience of watching it so many times that like stands out to you as like your favorite part? Sure, sure. Um, let's see, a few of my favorite parts: the the crash scene in particular. I don't know why, just seeing an alien fall from the top of the orb and like, yeah. it's, it's, just so, yeah. it's so random. It's so random. I love it. And like, even as a kid, I was just like, what's going on? Like, I look at my mom, like, why, <laughs> why did he fall? <laughs> uh, also the, the attire that the, that the oh, aliens yeah. are wearing in the spaceship. Mm. Uh, it's, it's very interesting. I, I don't know. I, it looks like they're they're going they're going on vacation or yeah. something. They've got like slightly Hawaiian carp. I don't know. Yeah, they were going on vacation. They had to turn around. It was like a freaking Earth situation. Jeez, there's just a lot a lot of little bits here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, I I mean the unknown facts explain why they. Uh, when the Planet 10 spaceship aimed its beams at the planet, they scanned the island of Jamaica, leading the adders, that's the black electroids, with the false impression that all Earthlings look like Rastafarians. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what's going on there. Uh, okay. No, see, that's a secret I didn't need to know, because I just think it's awesome anyways. <laughs> uh, that doesn't explain why they're dressed like that on the ship and to have yeah, no intention of going to the surface. At home. No, no, no. <laughs> they really liked it, okay? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's way more comfortable than the Planet 10 outfits. Yeah. Well, on Planet 10, they apparently sit on three-story high chairs all the time. Yeah. How oh, so that? cool. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they can jump really high, so that's not a problem for them. Hmm. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they nice can, they can connect, Jenny. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, this reminds me of the part when the when the bad guys jump over the over the wall around the compound. They jump on top of it and then they jump down. And then when John Parker does it, he jumps. He clears the wall, but yeah. he gets caught. How come those other guys didn't get caught? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, they're like two guys on Sean Parker, like right away. <laughs> they waited on top of the wall for the guards to walk past, and John Parker was like, I hate stealth segments. I'm going to take this as fast as I can. <laughs> I see. Okay. So hey, he's a, he's the Raiden, and they're the Solid Snake. So okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, speaking of Solid Snake, Buckaroo Banzai was totally doing the uh, repeating the thing you just said. What the a deuce lot. you say? Yeah, the deuce you say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam's dead. Sam. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? Do you have any last observations? No, I mean, I guess I, yeah, I don't, I oh, don't have anything else. Just a really minor observation, but the, uh, yeah. the van, the van that the, um, the red electroids are using, uh, really kind of cool scene in that, that crash scene, like uh, when the doors open, there's kind of like a blue light that's hitting the door mm-hmm. and it just, it just looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Like versus all the dark shades that are going on in the, the, uh, the background of it, just really ominous. looks awesome. I don't know. Not, nothing really too deep there. Just I really like the colors, and uh, it makes me sad that the that, cinematographer was was kicked off. I yeah. hate those uh, colors. I hate how bright this movie is. Should be People flatter. who watch it are going to have fun. Let's fire everybody. <laughs> if I wanted a colorful movie, I would have watched the Care Bears. I'm really going for <laughs> Dune here. <laughs> oh, I love it. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What do I, Jenny? Do you have anything else? I think I'm good. Okay. Just curious. Uh, I don't really have anything else either. I mean, like, I feel like this uh, is one of those movies that uh, could benefit from like a minute by minute analysis, like they do. With yeah. All those. Movies. If any movie deserves that, then it's this one. Yeah. No offense to the many people who do minute by minute podcasts, but the likelihood is high that you're doing the wrong movie. (laughs) I I was, uh, when, um, we did the fifth element, I was like, that'd be a great one for a minute by minute. Oh yeah. Somebody actually picked that up. So, Oh, okay. I don't know who did it, but, uh, they owe me money. I heard your idea. Yep. Buckaroo bonsai. Awesome stuff. People should watch it. Did you guys even talk about your podcast? Oh, let's can we plug the podcast now after it's over? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, plug it now and I will insert it earlier. Okay, Jenny. W- yeah. We're each going to do like I'll say a word and then you say a word and we'll continue the sentence that way, okay? Sounds good. Okay. Right. I start because I'm the alpha. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have a podcast called Clash of the type ends and it's about text adventures that we play with the authors over Skype and we like to do Various things <laughs> on our podcast. Yay! Yay. That, was, that was very impressive. I mean, that was an excellent, excellent. That went better than it had any right to. Yeah. <laughs> you could got you guys can have that 
snip it as like an advertisement yeah. if you want. Oh man, I thought about throwing you a curveball, but that's bad improv practice. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't yeah. know. I think that um, since we we are so in sync, it mm-hmm. would be within your rights to uh, throw me a curveball and uh, take the uh, thing. We'll do that next time. Next time, because I trust curveball. Jenny. Thank you, Ryan. I trust you too. Thank Aww. you, Jenny. Are we still doing the things that we learned? Yes, indeed. I'm going to read the outro stuff that I have. All right. And then you guys are going to tell me a lesson that you learned from this movie, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. I've been misspelling it this whole time. Banzai. Across the eighth dimension. He literally goes across the eighth dimension at some point. So... It all makes sense. Um, hey, before I get into the actual outro stuff, I'm going to read a review because we actually got a new review. Oh, boy. I threatened Wonderful. to read them on the podcast before, so I'm going to actually do that right. now. And you guys will finally know how cool we are. <laughs> uh, this review is from Scott. It says... That uh oh crap my phone why <laughs> that's not what it says it says, <laughs> it says the crew of PDSMIOS present an entertaining and thoughtful look at science fiction and fantasy films Joel Sarah Aaron and special guests that mm. you guys provide insight into factors such as music artistic design pop culture references especially comic book related philosophy and politics. The one factor that they discuss, which few reviewers do, is the entertainment factor. Is it fun? Is it enjoyable? They share their insights with lots of humor. So thanks, Scott. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I like the part where you talked about the guests. Yeah, more yeah. about the guests. Especially <laughs> I mean, that funny Ryan and Jenny. Yes, those are my favorite guests. <laughs> uh, anytime I, I have guests on, I say they are my favorite guests. So don't yeah. <laughs> Oh, Joel. Spencer. I agree, Ryan. Did you tell I him I forgot Ryan's name? And, oh, yes. And I was no, like, I did not tell him. <laughs> and I texted. I We were messaging each other, and I said, what night are we recording with Jenny and Duty? <laughs> Wait, how did you spell it? Um, with an I. Duty. D U D I E. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just need to know so I can put that in my Twitter bio. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, 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 should I tell the uh, your story about Robocop also? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well. The character in that is named Murphy, but uh, when we were recording, Sarah's like, what's his name? Marshall? (laughs) 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 I had never seen Robocop before this week either, so this was like the pure filler week for me. And I have to say, I liked him better in this. I liked liked him as a character better, as like the guy in the van. Wait, is that the same guy? As Robocop? Robocop? The Robocop guy? Yeah, Yeah. that's that's him. Okay. <laughs> well, now we got to rewind this whole podcast. 
Let's turn it around. Yeah, we didn't talk about how handsome the leading man he is, so we got to get back. Okay. Oh, that's who. Yeah. Okay. Missed any? I think I know what Jenny learned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Because oh, I was wondering, I was like, "Huh, who is that guy? Is he from something?" And then I just did not look it up. That's what I always thought about RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> this week, <laughs> RoboCop. All right, outro stuff. Here we go. If you got a suggestion or comment, please write into our email address, please don't podcast at gmail.com, or message us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash PDSMIOS. Uh, if you're a subscriber to us, uh, please leave us a review, a written one, or a star rating on whatever podcatcher you get that increases our visibility, which makes us happy, and then we love you forever, and Aaron will give you a kiss. Uh, <laughs> Kiss is not necessarily <laughs> promised. There's just a big possibility. I have to ask his wife first. If Aaron isn't present, Joel will also be applicable for giving kisses. That is absolutely not true. No kisses from Joel. Joel only, loves kisses. Only, only gentle strokes on the back of the neck. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, stop spreading those rumors. They're so true, though. <laughs> I can't take you anywhere. Uh, that's true. Uh, check, <laughs> check out our podcast network. It is eartrumpetaudio. Uh, at eartrumpetaudio.com. Uh, we are in the membership with a bunch of ex- other excellent shows. This week I'm going to talk about the Life Mark Pause podcast, which is a podcast where the two hosts talk about Lifetime and a Hallmark movie. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> which, as you uh, can tell from that reaction, are just. Yeah, there's yeah. something. Sounds and amazing. They treat everyone with a, a you know, that special uh, something that they deserve. Sarcasm. <laughs> uh. And uh, if you guys have a few bucks, we do have a Patreon for our network. It's at patreon.com slash ear trumpet. Uh, if you can spare any of that money, it'll go directly into my pocket and I will spend it on whatever I want and not tell you. I mean, uh, it helps us keep, uh, our stuff going. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Anyways, lessons. (laughs) Who's got a lesson for me? Thomas, a lesson? Thomas is our cat. Oh, perfect. Thomas. Yes. Tiger. He is perfect. Um, York. <laughs> um, a lesson. Yeah. So what I learned is that if you ever want to know anything, you don't have to like study or read a book. You just have to get electrocuted. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a good lesson. That, that makes sense. Yeah. If you want to remember something, just attach something to your tongue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I've, I've been ionized, but I'm okay now. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> I learned I learned that the proper way to travel through uh, eight dimension into the eighth dimension is that you have to dress up like a like a like a ninja foot clan ninja. I think <laughs> exactly the term. Yes, <laughs> and that's the proper way of doing it. Yeah, I mean, you just you have to have some sort of bandana or, or yeah. headband. And all your race car labels should be in Japanese. Absolutely. Yes. That Ford truck or whatever. (laughs) Ford pickup pickup dimensional truck. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I, the alpha, learned, <laughs> or am I the beta now? Did that get changed around? No. I okay. Think no, still I, the alpha. All right, for now. Um, Although I have gained the respect of the other Cavaliers at this point. Oh, and you we'll got have your nickname? Like, uh, almost. I think I can nick- feel it. <laughs> your nickname is typically almost? just where you're from. Uh-huh. Okay. So I'm Wisconsin? Wisconsin is not a bad nickname for you, Jenny. That's pretty good. good. (laughs) (laughs) Like, especially if you, like, get dressed up in, like, a kind of, like, alligator skin cowboy outfit. Yeah. I think that Wisconsin coming into a room like that, we're going to pay attention to what she has to say. I think that's the new (laughs) alpha. I was going to say, that's some serious material right there to be a Mm -hmm. Hong Kong Cavalier. Uh, What I learned, I'm the beta now. I learned that that after being shot down by Buckaroo, pieces of Worfen regenerated and he resumed his treacherous criminal ways. In order to survive, he began a career as an Ethiopian drug mule, squeezing out drug balloons for the World Crime League. His later plots included a roofing scam that preyed on the elderly and a grave robbing operation that mined silicone breast implants for resale to crooked plastic surgeons. Wow. Eventually, he came uh, once again to he once again came to the attention of Hanoi Shan. He was oh. last seen co-hosting a goofy morning show in Philadelphia. Wow. Okay. So when you say squeezing out drug balloons, I can only assume you mean from some kind of cloaca. The unknown facts do not specify, but remember that John okay. Morfin, because he was inhabiting the body of Emilio Lizardo, was unique among black le- or red electroids in that he had human physiology. Right. Although who knows if that persisted after he regenerated. I mean, I meant the cloaca that John Lithgow just has. Oh, naturally. oh yes. Yeah. Does that transfer to the characters he plays? I think it it has to. Well, he doesn't really talk about. I mean, he has that one man play. Gus <laughs> Cloaca. Uh, oh yeah, and that movie being John Lithgow's Cloaca. Mm-hmm. Being yeah. John Lithgow. Oh man, it's sticky. I don't like it. Uh, do you think he got the third rock from the sun job because he was an alien was, in this? I was speculating that in my uh, head earlier. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you learn, Sarah? I learned that if you really, really love someone and they die, it's okay. Because they might have a twin that would also love you. Yeah. And then you can just pick up the relationship where you left off, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it won't be weird at all. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Accepted by all your friends and family. (laughs) And I learned from the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the 8th dimension that you don't have to actually play a full song to be a successful rock band. (laughs) (laughs) That's some hard truth right there. (laughs) No full song. It probably is true. (laughs) Never tried before. Uh, We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Jenny and Ryan. Thank you again. Thank, Thank you, you guys. for having us on this podcast. It was really fun yeah. to be on this podcast. Shh. <laughs>
EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. Hehehehe. <laughs>